every time you pray is an opportunity for an increase in the glory of your spirit. look at the first or the second purpose for prayers. Now, if you understand what prayer is, it gives you the ample opportunity to decide where your life goes and what happens in your life. You can imagine what it is to be having the opportunity to talk to someone that is all powerful, someone that is all in charge of everything, someone that could determine what happens or what doesn't happen. That's what prayer does. Last week, we, I believe we have, must have looked at the scripture in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus said, therefore, what things soever you desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. What things soever you desire. So, if you desire anything, God is saying, you can have what you want. If you desire something and you're not having it, it's because you're not, you've not taken advantage of the prayer opportunity that you have. By the time you go through with this series of prayer that we're gonna go through, and you come to understand what prayer is and you actually take advantage of it, you realize that there is nothing you cannot change in your life. There's nothing you cannot make happen in your life. Nothing, absolutely nothing that you can't make happen. There will be nothing you couldn't make happen in your life. I'm going to show you an example. In Chronicles, First Chronicles, chapter four, verse nine to ten. I'm going to look at it from verse nine to ten. Now I'm going to use verse nine and ten, but I want to start from verse ten. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Look at, look at Jabez's prayer. Verse 10 again. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coasts, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, 
that it might not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Listen, when you think of people praying in the Bible, when you think of people praying in the Bible, and you get and you get to find out what difference they made in their life through prayers, you will not shy away from prayers. Let me tell you one of the things that you may easily observe. If you tell people come to church, today we have a feast and we, um, we're going to distribute some lotto numbers. <laughs> people will come to church, many. But if you tell people today we are coming to pray, we are coming to church, we just want all that we are coming to do is to pray. Many wouldn't come. Why? They don't like prayers. There are things they want to change in their lives. They earnestly want changes in certain areas of their lives. But they just don't like prayer. And yet that is what will cause those changes to happen in their lives. All through the Bible, we have read about men, like on Sunday, about a week or two ago, we saw about men in Hebrews chapter 11. Men, the Bible called them elders. It says, these men by faith, they were able to reframe their word. They changed their life. The course of events in their lives were altered by their faith. How? What do you mean faith? How does that faith work? They had faith, they had belief that they could, their life should go in a certain direction. When it was going in the opposite direction, they used their faith to turn it in the direction in which they wanted. How? By praying, demanding that things go the way they want. So when you see somebody who wants a change in his life, but does not want to pray, that is a joke. It, it, it just may not happen. You could complain. It won't change things. And people enjoy complaining. They enjoy to complain. They can complain again and again and again. By every opportunity, they could complain. But just some little amount of time in prayer, no, they don't want that. What a lie. Here we are talking about, we're just looking at Jabez. Listen, my brothers and sisters, by the time you understand the blessing that prayer is, you will pray. You see, one of the most cherished things in anyone's life should be prayers. If you look at Jesus, study the life of Jesus. That's our master, that's our, our, our example. Let me show you one scripture about Jesus. 
Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. I'll come back to Chronicles. Matthew chapter 14. I want to look at verse 23. Look at what the Bible said about Jesus. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he had just finished the crusade. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. You see, this is something Jesus enjoyed doing. It's what he loves to do. You see, if you if you have, if you have, let, let's look at this. If there is something you 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 just bought, a precious wristwatch, very beautiful, it has a diamond all over in a very beautiful packaging. You just be given that, or you bought it yourself. And it's at home. You can't bet go there again and again to take a look. You put it on. Wow. You can't wait till tomorrow to put it on to go out. On Sunday, wow, I can't wait till Sunday. Or imagine you just made a very delicious meal. Very delicious meal for yourself. In fact, it's one of those rare meals and you can't wait to eat it. And here comes some visitors in the house and the food is in the kitchen. Out there, in, in fact, you just can't wait. You pass by the kitchen to go to the bathroom. You, you take a peep at the food. You, you, you take a peep. In fact, some people might even be tempted enough to go open it and put and have a bite. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That is what prayer is. Or oh, that was what prayer, that, that is what prayer, prayer was to Jesus. And it shouldn't just be Jesus. That is what prayer should be to us. Look at what Jesus did. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he was busy with these people. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Where are the 12 disciples? He couldn't even, he didn't even want them. He has sent them away as well. I, I need to have this over myself. That is, that is what it becomes to you by the time you understand the benefits. Prayers become an enjoyment for you. Let's go back to Jabez in First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter four. I was reading in verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be, might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me and God granted him that which he requested. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. Like the man of God, Pastor Chris had said, there is not one prayer that any child of God will make to God that God will not give his ears to. If you, it is something you earnestly need 
and you ask God for it, God will not turn deaf ears to it. You need to understand whom God is. He could not. Do some people have things they prayed about and it looks like they didn't get the answer? Do some people pray and they didn't get the answer? Yes, of course I know. And in the course of this, in, in, in this, in this series, we're going to see, we're going to look a bit more into the details of prayer and you will see there are definite ways you, de you will definitely get your request answered. Primarily because God desires earnestly to answer every prayer made by every of his child. And that includes you. Why did Jabez pray this prayer? I'm sure you, every one of us will have understood now what Jabez was asking for. I'll read verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Let's, let's look at this scripture from the TLB version. The TLB version. The Living Bible version. I'll read the Living Bible version. From verse 9, First Chronicles. Chapter 4, verse 9. Now, from verse 9, the TLB. I want to use Living Bible. I'll read it first from the New Living Translation, and I'll go to TLB. It says in the New Living Translation, it says, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to God. Now talking about Jabez. He was the one who prayed to God, to the God of Israel. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his requests. This looks so much like TLB, I think I will just stay with this. But I'll read it from TLB all the same. Jabez was more distinguished. He was more distinguished than any of his brothers, TLB. His mother named him Jabez because he had him. He had, because she had such a hard time at his birth. Jabez means distress. That's the meaning of Jabez, distress. Because the mother had such a hard time when he gave birth to Jabez, to this baby, he named him Jabez, distress. And now listen, you would remember if you've been with us some time ago for a while, you will remember one of this, where we were taking one of the series, we talked about name, 
The name you name a child usually determines the way his life goes. Jacob was named Jacob because he came ahead of his, he, he, he took the heel of his brother when they were born as twins. And he lived on, his, on all his life until he met God. He was a swindler. A supplanter. Fraud star. Until he met God. And he was asking God, God bless me. God said, the blessing I have for you is to change your name. And God changed his name from Jacob, which means swindler, to Israel, which means the prince of God that has power in the realms of the spirit and has power in the realms of the ordinary. So the name you named a person. Now, I, we, we got most of our previous series now on Apple Podcasts. You can search for it and, and you'll find it there. We also have them on Google Podcast. Please listen to them. And you, you should be able to find this one we did a long time ago on, uh, I, I wouldn't remember the name of that series, but we were talking about name. How, yeah, it was praise series when we were doing praise. We, we had this series there. We showed in Genesis, how in Genesis chapter two, God would bring everything that he had, he had made before Adam for Adam to see what Adam would call them. And we explained that Adam wasn't just calling them names to distinguish them. No, it was more than that. He was determining their lives, their characteristics, and their future. So when God changed the name of Jacob to Israel, he was determining or changing the direction of his life. God changed the name of Abraham to Abraham such that he could become the father of nations. So name would determine the future of any creature. So when Jabez's mother named him distress, another translation for Jabez is sorrow. So his life was going to go in that direction. He grew up and possibly observed his life was full of distress. So much pain. And he wondered, is my life going to continue like this? I'd like to read it again. This time I'll go back to New Living Translation. It says, there was a man named Jabez, who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to God, to the God of Israel, oh, that thou wouldest bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted his request. Brothers and sisters, the Bible didn't even say God granted some of his requests. He granted his request, everything he asked. Look at, look at all the things he was asking God. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me, one, and expand my territory. 
Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Where is your life going? Is it in the direction you desire? Is it in the direction you would want it to go? If it's not, you can change it. You can, you can request for a change. And ask for where you want your life to go. Look at Jabez asking. I could imagine before Jabez made this prayer, his life was worthless. He was asking God, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. I have also observed one thing with God. If you would ask God anything, he would grant you. And often times, God will give to you more than you have asked for. Abraham was asking God for his son. God gave him a nation. Most of us will remember the prayer of Solomon. God came to Solomon and said, Solomon, what would you ask for? What do you want me to do for you? Just ask anything. Solomon asked for, oh God, give me understanding. Otherwise, give me wisdom to judge or to rule your people. God said, ah, is that all you're asking for? You didn't even ask for to be above your enemies. You didn't ask for the life of your enemies. You didn't ask for wealth. You didn't ask for long life. You, you're asking for wisdom to do the work that I've committed into your hands, to do wonderful. I'm going to give you that wisdom you've asked for. I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give wow. So God could give you a lot more than you could ever ask for because he desires to. God needs you and I to learn to pray. God wants us to pray. Not because he couldn't do for us what we would love him to do for us without prayers, but because there are certain things that praying will develop in you that could not be developed otherwise. A teacher in the school would love his pupil or student to have the certificate, but he wouldn't give that certificate on the until the child goes through the learning. I may not have enough time to explain the beauty of what God intends to develop in us when we pray. But I will give you an insight. Each time you pray, there is a cleansing up in you. Even though your eyes may not be able to see it, it's not physical. 
but there is a cleansing up in your spirit. Each time you pray, there is a refreshing in your spirit. Each time you pray, you are being lifted in the realms of the spirit. There is an increase in the glory of your life. I would need another day to explain this to you because that increase of glory in your life is just so important. It is just so important that I, it, it is best attached to praying. Some day ago in one of our Sunday services, I explained that we being spirit being, we live in, a, in flesh, the flesh grows, gets bigger and then gets older, but the spirit does not grow. The spirit is the same. It doesn't get older. You know, if you're listening to me today, that your spirit has not grown older. It's the same you. If you think about you, think inward, you will know it's the same you that was there some five years, 10 years ago. And if you can remember yourself about 20 years ago, you will remember it's the same you. You have not changed. Your body grew bigger and possibly older. But the real you inside didn't change. You remember how you were physically when you were a, young a younger person. But you know that the real you inside has not changed. The spirit does not grow old. It doesn't grow old, it doesn't grow, just the same spirit. But there is something that increases with the spirit. That is the glory of the spirit. Every time you pray is an opportunity for an increase in the glory of your spirit. Our journey on earth is an opportunity to develop the glory of our spirits. Another day will come more on this, but let's look at what prayer does for our life as men living in this physical world. One, I've explained that it is an opportunity to have a fellowship with your father who owns the whole world, who owns everything. And two, it's an opportunity to make changes, to determine what happens in your life. And of course, what does not happen in your life? It's an opportunity to determine where your life goes. As you listen to me today, start to make up your mind. You are going to play a role. You are going to determine. You are going to start to determine where your life goes. You are going to start determining the course of your life.
The third thing, which I will come to later, but let me focus here on this second one. Last week, I talked about the fellowship that we have with God. And if you were not here with me last week, I want you to understand that it doesn't matter where you are, what you have done or haven't done, God is not so mad not to want to talk to you. You might be fleeing or running away from God or shying away from God. God wants to talk to you. He wants that fellowship. It's an opportunity for you to get things right with God. We saw how Adam was fleeing from God when he heard the voice of God coming in the cool of the day in the garden of Eden. But God called out to Adam, Adam, where art thou? Adam said, I heard a voice in the garden and I, I was afraid and I hid myself because I was naked. God said, who told you that thou was naked? <laughs> I haven't declared you naked. Who told you that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the fruit of the tree of which I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat of? God wants to have a fellowship with you, a constant fellowship with you. If for that reason alone, brothers and sisters, you need to set up time of your day to talk to God, to pray. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9. Before I begin to read the scriptures, I want you to remember that you are not ordinary. You are not a physical being. You are not ordinary. You are not just the body that you find around. You are a spirit being. You are actually a spirit being. Because you live in the flesh doesn't stop you from being a spirit being. You are still a spirit being. And God is a spirit. He too is a spirit being. Because you don't see him does not in any way mean he's not there or that he's too far away to hear you or he's too busy to hear you or he's too big to listen. No. I have said this a number of times in church. You are so important to God as though nobody else exists. That's the way it is to God. It's as though nobody else exists. So he could never be too busy. Busy with what? There's nobody else. He could never be too busy to listen to you. As a matter of fact, God is eager and anxiously waiting to hear you talk. He desires your fellowship. So when, it's, when you pray, understand that God is big enough to hear you anytime that you pray. 
I'm right now in church office. My boys are home. They, they couldn't, they could desire something now, but I, I won't be able to hear them unless they probably pick up the phone and call. And then I hear, oh, so what do you want? And they probably would ask something that I'm not able to make happen right here while I'm in the office, in the church office. But God is bigger than that. So when you pray, understand you are talking to a spirit. And I want you to understand certain characteristics of the spirit. This I look forward to talk more about in subsequent classes. There are certain characteristics of the spirit, why we call it, why we say this is the spirit. As a spirit, there is no distance between you where you are and where God is. There's no distance. So when you pray, understand that the distance between heaven and earth is irrelevant. So what do you do when you pray? Jesus tried to give a very simplified picture. He said, get into your house, into your room where you are by yourself. Now, this doesn't mean you must always be inside your house before you can pray. Jesus demonstrated praying everywhere. So that's not what it means. What it means is take off your mind from everything else. Take off your mind from everybody else. You're not talking to anybody else. And then start to talk to God. Who is hearing you? I read the scriptures. From verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I'd like to use a newer translation. I'm using the new living translation. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you pray, now, firstly, you can understand the simplicity with which Jesus is praying. Forget about King James English, but you can see the simplicity of communication. Our Father. You understand that you are talking to your father. You're not talking to a big boss somewhere. You're not talking to one king somewhere that is unapproachable. This is your father. Our father in heaven, you understand that he's in heaven, not your dad on earth. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. In other words, you are honoring him. You are, you, you can put it now, listen. Jesus didn't give this pattern of prayer as 
a recitation. He didn't say, go and recite this and say it. That's not what he meant. Like you saw in King James, it says, after this manner, pray ye. In other words, this is the pattern that you could use to pray. Now, what is the pattern? Our Father in heaven. You talk to him with that kind of, you know, uh, uh, you're not talking to somebody strange. You know it's your father, your heavenly father, like a daddy. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. You can use similar words to praise him. That's what Jesus is saying. Show him some respect. You don't just come and say, oh God, I don't understand why, why this thing is going like this. I've been feeling this pain in my back for the past one week. I don't understand. Are you seeing it at all? No, that, that's not how to come. You, you know how you would expect your kids to talk to you. You want them to show some love. Hey, mom, um, may I um, have some more of these? Or hey, dad, um, would you mind if I get some more sugar in my... You know what I'm talking about. And when, when, when you give them, you, you ask them, so what do you say? The, the child says, thank you. He said, that's good. So you see, you are teaching your child certain things. That's what Jesus was teaching us here. He says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name be kept holy. So you can use another word. Oh God, may, the whole, may everybody come to know how good you are. Oh God, I love you, oh God. I love you. Thanks for loving me. I want your will to be done in my life. Just as your will is done in heaven, I want it to be done in my life. I want this, I want this. Then you begin to ask him what you want. If you learn to pray that way, you'll be amazed how beautiful your life goes.